Hi, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode that we're bringing to you guys tonight. I am Mike Elberton from Games My Mom Found, and who is with me tonight? And it's Austin from Trash Talk Podcast, and we are here not only with ourselves, but with the rest of the Trash Talk Podcast cast, as well as the cast of Games My Mom Found. Travis, I'm going to give it to you now. All right, you know, I'm always happy to be here. Got some beer, got some friends, you know, and... We and saw- the rest of the Games My Mom Found cast. Hello. Hello, Stuff and JD. It's news. <laughs> that was the most improvised we've ever done. <laughs> and we're bringing you guys a real special episode. Uh, Seven, Austin is- Seven I just form a hive mind. <laughs> it works. Um, me and Austin had met a while ago when we first started this. We both started shows kind of around the same time. And we also had promoted his show early on in Trash Talk. Both me and Stuart have guested on Trash Talk. Austin has guest starred on here. So we wanted to bring you guys yep. a special episode which you guys can be listening to either on the Trash Talk feed or you can be listening to Games or Games My Mom Found feed. So we're hoping that if you like us and you're on, you should definitely subscribe to each other channel and take a listen to each of these shows. And before we get too far into what we're going to mainly be talking about in this episode, uh, we're going to do a special from Trash Talk. And Austin has some real news or fake news for us today. All right, let's do this. All right, so with our show, I present four pieces of news, one of which is fake. All are ridiculous movie-related news. And you guys have to guess which is a fake piece of news. And with every show, if you guess wrong, you got to take a really big swig of your beer. And if you guess right, I got to take a big old swig of my Moscow mule that I am drinking. So I'm going to start with Travis first. Travis, I'm going to give you the first piece of news, which may be fake or may be real. You got to give us your thoughts. Are you ready to go? Go right ahead. All right. Venom. You love Venom. Venom came out last year. It made almost a billion dollars. Critics didn't really care for it so much, but audiences loved it, made $800 million, and it has a sequel coming up. Well, the director, who is now busy directing Zombieland 2, he's too busy with that. So he's not coming back to direct Venom 2. The fake piece of news is that the director, it looks like they're going to be hiring, is Andy Serkis, who is the actor who does a lot of motion capture, such as Caesar from the Planet of Apes films. And also Gollum, of course, from Lord of the Rings. And he's going to be directing this. And the rumor is he will be doing the motion capture for Venom as well as maybe Carnage. So that's a fake piece of news, Travis. Tell us, does it sound real or not, that they might be hiring a director who will also be doing a lot of the motion capture as well. You know, it's like I see that as being a good idea because he already knows like a lot of what he's planning on doing with the motion capture so he can... (laughs) You gonna make it? I'm gonna right. die. <coughs> Keep going. <laughs> All right. Um. Anyway, so he has a good idea what he has envisioned for this, and like having him direct all the other scenes. I think it, I think that could work out really well for them. I kind of like that idea. Yeah. No. Pretty good idea. All right, Mike. You ready to go? I am uh, ready. All <laughs> right. So on Trash Talk podcast for our live or real news and fake news section, we talk a lot about Disney. We also talk about how Disney is constantly doing these reboots. Like the Mulan live action, the uh, Little Mermaid, the Lady in the Tramp live action. They're just doing anything they can to earn an extra buck. Well, this week, they're back at it again, this time with announcement that they are doing the live action Rescuers Down Under, the classic Disney film about where they mice or something, they ride eagles, and they probably... It's a pelican, I think. Pelican? It's a pelican. Well, they're doing a live action Kind of in the vein of kind of a bad example, but the Smurfs movie, how 
there was CGI creatures. In this case, it would be the mice in a live action world. So the pelican and the mice will be CGI, but everything else will be in the live action. So, Mike, how does this sound? Or did you even watch Rescuers Down Under when you were little? I have watched Rescue Down Under when I was a kid, but I remember nothing of it. And I, for a person who spends way too much time on the internet, I have not heard of this. So Okay. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. All right. And number three, let's go with Stuart. Stuart, we got for you the Aladdin movie. Aladdin, um, it's doing okay. And by okay, critics don't really care for it. But it has made $1 billion. So the question is... Does it sound real or fake that the Aladdin movie that no one really asked for made a whole billion dollars? Uh, it definitely made over a billion dollars because that's Disney's MO is movies that nobody really wants to see, but somehow make a shitload of money despite that. So, yeah, I 100 percent believe it made over a billion dollars. Makes sense. OK. And last, we're going with some Joker news. I don't know how much you guys know about the Joker movie that's coming out. Jaquan Phoenix is one. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, the Jared Leto one is thankfully being canceled, but oh, the God. one that's yeah, I know, right? No one wants to see that. As well as the Joker Harley Quinn movie, that one's canceled. Thank God, probably no more Jared Leto for a while, because he's off doing a Sony Marvel Morbius the Living Vampire movie, which people also don't want to see. But anyway, but at least he looks like a vampire. So yeah. that is true. Okay. He looks a lot more like a vampire than Joker. Um, all right. Well, this piece of news is that the Joker movie, let's be honest, comic book movies, very fun. Some of them well done. But are they film festival worthy? No. The Joker movie, for this fake piece of news, or real, the Joker movie is going to the Toronto Film Festival, which will be the first time a comic book movie will have gone there. And the chair, the head of the Toronto Film Festival said that there's a good chance that the Joker movie might make it to the Oscars. Not might. He said that he's willing to bet on the Joker movie getting nominated, maybe winning some Oscars. So what's your reaction to that? Uh, I'm calling bullshit. <laughs> and why? It just doesn't look like that type of movie that would go to that film <laughs> festival. <laughs> sure. Makes sense. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. De Niro is in it. <laughs> yeah, Robert De Niro is in it. And but Mark nowadays, Barrett? that doesn't really mean much. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Now, guys, we're going to go down the list, and you guys are going to tell me which one out of the four of them. I'll quickly go down the list. Andy Serkis is directing Venom 2, the live-action Rescuers Down Under, Aladdin making $1 billion, and the Joker movie going to the Toronto Film Festival and potentially the Oscars. Which one is a fake piece of news and why? Travis, we're going to start with you. All right, I am going to go. Oh, this is a tough call. I think I'm going to have to go with the Joker going to film festival and winning Oscars. I don't know. I've never seen a superhero that movie that could do it, and I just don't think it's going to happen now. Okay, fair enough. Mike, you're up next. I think that Rescue Ranger thing is fake because I never heard of it. And That's it doesn't... a different thing. <laughs> Rescue Rangers is different from the Rescue. Oh, <laughs> Rescue <laughs> Down Under. <laughs> I still Rescue Down Under. I'm still pretty sure is fake. Okay. Uh, I'm not even drinking. Yeah, no. you're not even drinking. All right. I can't. Next. I got to drive after this. <laughs> All right, Stuart. Which one's a fake piece of news? Uh, Rescuers Down Under is fake because Rescuers Down Under is the sequel. Um, 
rescue their first movie was just called the rescuers i don't think they would do a live action movie of a sequel before doing the original well it's that franchise i meant oh just the franchise in general Ugh. yeah Ugh. i'm not sure if they're gonna make a franchise out of it but i meant the franchise they're getting a live action adaptation of that franchise oh well that changes everything unless um, it's fake i still think it's fake i okay. still can't see them doing there's so many other movies out there i don't know why they'd be like all right we're doing the rescuers next makes sense and what is the last piece of news our for our last guest of the games my mom found which one do you think is the fake piece of news uh i guess i'm gonna have to go with the rescuers as well even though i still don't think that joker stuff is gonna work out um <laughs> yeah just it just doesn't i don't know how that could even be turned into live action <laughs> um it would just be weird and freaky okay. um, lion king happened that's all i gotta say but still fair enough. yeah fair enough um but yeah i'm gonna go with that all right and before we get into street fighter i'm gonna announce the fake piece of news which is all right boys Austin, take a lot of drinks because rescuers down under hey all right try to take a swig of your beer but austin i guess i'm gonna have to get another beer because that's three big steps for me mike <laughs> while i take a whole bunch of swigs for my beer i'm gonna pass the torch off to you <laughs> all right and that, I means, like to say, that means the yes. joker is going to the toronto film Fester. yep hey that movie actually looks very interesting and hey yeah. jerry leto's gone i don't give a it looks like an entirely different movie I'm, so i could see that yeah it's not it's not gonna be your average comic booky movie. I feel like it's not gonna be something. It's gonna be more. I, I feel like a much more realistic piece, which you can do with Joker. It's gonna be dark yeah. in a realistic way, which Zack Snyder has never been able to accomplish. Yeah, but no. Sure. I mean, I'm just so glad he's out of. He's gone. He's done and gone. So I do I wonder how they're gonna tie this into the DC universe. They're not. They're not. I think oh, it's a different canon. It's entirely. a standalone. Yep, uh, it's standalone. It's essentially like an Elseworlds. Here's what it is. It's a standalone until it does way better than any other DC movie, and then it's the new <laughs> canon. That's what's going on. Well, you see, the thing about any like DC or Marvel movie, you can just say it's another It's another one of the world. It's part of the multiverse. It's part of the Elseworlds. It can be whatever you want it to be and then somehow fit it in. It doesn't have to exist in the same c cinematic world to be in the same universe, let's say. Good point. Yeah. So, all right, and now on to our feature presentation. Um, this week, I, I, we, we picked to suffer all together. We decided to watch the 1994 Street Fighter movie with John Claude Van Damme doing more coke than anybody should while recording. <laughs> I'm glad you brought it up because yeah. I wanted to. <laughs> Sorry, I was like, oh boy, when are we gonna bring up the cocaine thing? <laughs> right away. <laughs> oh, I haven't. I hadn't seen this movie since I was a kid, and I didn't remember it all that well. I just remembered it happened. I remember it was a movie, and that was about it. And so I went and rewatched. Took me about two sittings, but I made my made my wife suffer through it. And I got to say, I kind of liked it. It was a good comedy. That's it great. Meant, it wasn't meant to be a comedy. Uh, okay. I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I, I, I mean, all right, hold on. I love aspects of this movie. Is probably what I should say. <laughs> what like, aspects are those? Is take take Jean Claude Van Damme out, and every other part of it, I love. Because okay. it's like, it's schlocky, it's cheesy, it's crazy. I love it. <laughs> Interesting. Travis, I... First of all, let's give the audience a quick description of this movie real quick. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. Uh, that is a good, good question. Thank you, Travis. Uh, what the fuck is the plot of this movie? There isn't one. That's the plot. Uh, okay. Easy. Guile and everybody from Street Fighter has to team up to stop Bison. And that's pretty much it. General Bison, played 
beautifully by Raul Julia. Is... I mean, there, there's a story of the whole idea that Guile in the military. <laughs> there's a lot of stories. There's like three movies in this movie. <laughs> yeah, Chun Li and Honda and um, Balrog. Uh, who's, yeah, he, they're all they all like team up to stop Bison. And then you have Ken and Ryu, who are just like con men that are there too, along Which with makes... Sagat and uh, Vega. And then you have Guile and Cammy, who are like. Doing their own thing, also stop, trying to stop oh, Bison. Don't forget, T Hawk is also T-Hawk part of the thing also, with Cammy, even though they never the say it. They never say it. They never call him T Hawk. I don't think they make references to him being Native American. They bring up the fact that he wears a headband, and that's how you know it's T Hawk. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I was like, "Where's T Hawk?" I'm like, "They got everybody. They got DJ with a super Jamaican accent." The only person I don't think they had was isn't Chen Long or something? No, that's something else I'm thinking of, isn't it? Thinking of, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that whole joke with their two uh, master for Ken and Ryu. That yeah, that's an April Fool's joke. Isn't yeah. there? A, they talk about having the same master a lot, but Chen Long also a character from um, Dragon Ball. Oh, I hate you. Okay. I hate you. I hope you know that. Uh, shit, right. no, shit. So <laughs> for you guys. I'm curious because you guys are the gamers here. We, even though we've played a lot more combat of our fighting games, we have not played Street Fighter. So after seeing the movie, I had to do some research on the characters to see which ones were accurate or not. So not from a movie <laughs> standpoint. Let's talk about characters in doing an adaptation of the games. How close or far away was it? We're not talking plot or if the movie was good or not. Let's just talk about doing an adaptation of the games. <laughs> <laughs> the same realm of ideas that's like as close as they get i mean i like start off immediately with guile guile is like your like all american like um yeah, commando Joe. guy and he's played by jean-claude van damme a belgian with like the <laughs> biggest belgian accent in the world <laughs> Which I found funny because everybody else is cast pretty. I mean, there's a lot of like Asian American actors in this. There's just they've got like a very wide range of ethnicities yeah. and like nationalities. And then Jean Claude Van Damme is is the American for some reason, which I found really funny. Where where is where is Saget from in the world? How do you guys keep saying Saget? I always I always pronounce it Sagat. 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 Yeah, but I like saying Saget. You were hurting yeah. me, people. Pretty much, yeah, Bob Saget. Um, Saget is Thailand, right? He's Thai, yeah, because okay. he's a Muay Thai kickboxer, so I always thought it was Thailand, but yeah, that's he's, he's, he's played by West Study, who is Native American, who is Native so American, like, and yeah, Native like, American. Well, I say there's on? a lot of ethnicities, they're not necessarily lined up with who they should be lined up with. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah West Study <laughs> is Native American, and then T Hawk. Is, I think T-Hawk is actually also Native American. I think the actor who plays him is also Native American. Uh, I think you're right. Yeah. And then, you know, um, Jay Tavares, Vega, Spag Dude. Which um, Greg, Greg Rainwater, that's who plays T-Hawk. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to say the guy who played Honda was uh, Samoan as well. I don't think he was from Hawaii, but I think he was Samoan. He, yeah. Makes sense. Stefan, I want to hear why you, it sounds like out of your guys' group, you disliked it the most. So if you talk <laughs> to us about why, because Travis and I, we're on the same team of you, buddy. So I want to hear why you disliked it and how much you did. I mean, other than Raw Julia, everyone just 
looks like they're not taking any part of it seriously, which they shouldn't. It's a comedy. <laughs> I know. That's why I love it. <laughs> but uh, it, I, the biggest thing that, that kind of peeves me is that it's called Street Fighter. When it should just be called G.I. Joe, because that's essentially <laughs> what it is. It's the best G.I. Joe movie ever made. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Travis, you were talking to me about this same subject right before. So talk to us about what you were telling me right before we started recording this. Okay, so as you just said, the movie's name is Street Fighter. From what I can remember of the movie, even though I only watched it two days ago, there's not one single street fight in the entire movie unless you count the breakout scene from the prison, I believe it is. It's not even yeah. like a street fight. It's like a it's like a gravel road, <laughs> but it takes place in a street and it's a fight. So that's that's also that's I'm glad you brought that up. So that's a street fight. But that part of the movie is also like staged like that's that was like a planned thing that happens. Yeah. So it's not even a real fight. It's not a real street and it's not a real fight. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. that's, like, that's the closest you get to an actual street fight when the name of the movie is called Street Fighter. Yeah, yeah but they don't really fight in the streets, even in the game. I mean, sure, there are levels, but... Yeah. There's a lot of, like, street yeah. levels in Street Fighter. Yeah, <laughs> but that, that, didn't, that didn't bother me. I was like, you know what, they got... I don't know why I like this movie. I was not. I thought I was going into this. Oh, I'm gonna watch this piece of shit. It's gonna be terrible. And I'm like, oh, this is funny. Oh, I'm laughing. I'm like, what's wrong with me? I like but, that. I like that the so, only street fight in the movie is not really a street. It's not a real fight. <laughs> just a mock fight. <laughs> it's just it's just all also taking trick bison into into thinking Guile is dead, which just makes him more like depressed than anything. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So, did you guys? know that maybe you guys did or not but the actor who plays general bison he passed away like a couple months after the movie was finished yes this yeah is and even though the critics the movie made a lot of money actually especially through dvd sales critics did not like it at all but <laughs> he did get nominated for one award he got a nominated for a um a best supporting actor for a satin award i yeah. sorry I love Raul Julia. Uh, he is great. <laughs> so I know this. He does yeah. really good in this film, too. This was yeah, his last movie. He Him was like. And the Asian chick who is also from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. nowadays. They're both also the great. best parts of the movie. Yeah, by yeah. far. And they have the best uh, the best sequence in the movie. They have the best scene together when he's giving it the speech that I think everybody <laughs> either knows or should know, where she's talking to him about how Bison killed her father. And it's great because it's like the best part of the movie, and it's totally like shoehorned in. Yeah, that's and fair. for him, it was a Tuesday. <laughs> I, I love that. I, I forgot about it. And on Facebook, when I was talking about this movie, someone's like, "And was it a Tuesday?" And I just started laughing. I was like, "Yeah, you're, I forgot about that joke." Yeah, even her lines are fantastic. Where she's like, "Um, you shot him as you were running away, hero at a thousand paces." It's such a good. It's such a good back and forth, and it's like. <laughs> Totally, it totally doesn't. It belongs in such a better movie. Yeah, that's fair. That I mean, is a this, really good scene. This, yeah. this movie is just a like. I mean, to me, like I was saying a little bit ago, to me, it, it was a comedy, even though it's not meant to be a comedy. You oh, have, it's definitely a comedy. But I don't think it's meant to be. I think I no one knew it was a comedy, but the, but people watching it years later, I feel I like it's meant to be like an action comedy. It's not I even think it's supposed to be an action comedy, but for me. There was a lot of one-liners, like classic 80s, 90s one-liners. None of them worked for me. Some of which aren't that bad, but it's just, I don't know, how they were delivered didn't really work. The only one that actually, I was like, okay, that was funny, 
Where at the end, the mohawk guy, the really dumb oh, dude. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah. when DJ's like, man, I only work for this uh, evil dude because I was getting paid so much money. He was like, you got paid? Well, he doesn't even realize that Bison's evil. Where he's like, That's fair. these yeah. allied forces of trying to destroy peace and freedom. He's like, man, Bison is evil. He's the one trying to destroy peace and freedom. He's like, really? Yeah. Why'd you it's work so for him stupid. then? He paid me a freaking fortune. You got paid? Yeah. I think <laughs> that's, that's all it takes. That's all well. it, the tiniest bit of propaganda is all it takes to turn Zangief good. I thought <laughs> it was kind of like a joke to Russian too, because it's 1994 and it's the idea that he's used to communism. That's what I got out of that joke too. I don't know if that's what they meant, but that's what my brain went to. I think it's just Zangief is big and dumb. Okay, that, that probably makes oh, more oh. sense. I might have been looking into a movie that probably was not thinking that hard. Oh, no, uh, definitely. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> it's just so... It is such a stupid movie, but God, was it funny when it shouldn't have been. I would argue that it's oh. only a stupid movie in writing, and everything else is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for what the movie was, like, there's some points you can put things out that could be improved, but really... Besides writing, it's not terrible. Like if they writing is kind of like the main thing in making a movie that's actually you know good, but martial arts wise, fight scenes and like uh, creating the sets and the design of the character costumes, like they're honestly not that bad. Mm. So even though I knew this movie was not gonna be good, and I don't think I enjoyed this movie at all, and I will watch it again. <laughs> it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. <laughs> And besides the writing, and I had no idea where the plot was going, and the characters' lines were kind <laughs> Don't of Don't worry, they didn't overall, either. Yeah, they did either. Overall, I thought, you know, it wasn't the worst movie in the world. Well, there's <laughs> a funny story about that. They actually <laughs> sat down with uh, Capcom to try and pitch this movie, and Capcom was like, uh, we don't understand what you want to do, and apparently they wanted to make toys out of it, too. So Capcom was like, okay, well figure it out so they had to write a script overnight oh wow present oh it to them the next day well, that and that's sense. the script that was used in this movie oh yeah. and since you mentioned toys you opened up a door i was hoping somebody opened up for me <laughs> when they actually made little like gi joe size figures for this movie yes they did and i have a bunch of them and they were awesome and i remember i, used to I have them too them they were kids. yeah they were great i still have them some in a box i'm in my parents garage or basement somewhere i haven't found them yet but I mean, there's a Blanca, there's a, Re, a Ryu, which they, they pronounce that wrong, because in the movie they call him Ryu. I thought it was always Ryu. Ryu! I think that's a uh, point of contention. Eh. But <laughs> I remember I had a bunch of those figures, and I, I, I thought they were so cool. Yeah. I mean, I as a kid, you know, growing up, and I really enjoyed Street Fighter 2, and I was like, oh, a movie! And, you know, even though it doesn't... Street Fighter 2, I don't think it even really has much of a story in the in the game oh. itself. There's yeah, no... so they just had to adapt what they could, and you can tell, like, you can definitely tell they were trying to make toys because the set design and all the outfits are so like they're so great. They they stand out so much. Like all of all of Bison's men all wear that like bright red over the dark red, and all of Giles' men wear the like the blue camo. They all look like action figures. So my <laughs> question for you guys, since you guys know the games more, I was able to pinpoint <laughs> some of the characters that were from the games especially towards the end. But the blonde girl with the pigtails... Tammy. Is she a character Ooh. from the game? Because yeah. like when she, she had that like iconic blue tank top and her like hair in the ponytail, I was like, okay, that kind of seems like a Mortal Kombat character at least. Mm -hmm. So it's probably a character from the game. 
Yeah, in the game, she, she yeah. wears a green, like, uh, leotard. Or, yeah, I guess leotard. If you can call leotard? it a leotard, sure. It's leotard something like that. It's green not leotard, what's going right. on. She's also wasn't in the original Street Fighter 2. She's in the Street Fighter 2 new Challenger Challenge, version. Yeah. But she's, like, Ooh. a favorite now. She's, like, a, a big favorite of people who love Street Fighter fans. Oh, yeah. I mean, I thought... I love the fact that they found a way to fit everybody from the game into this... In, in Street Fighter 2 into this movie. Somehow. They had to. They had to or else the script wasn't going to get greenlit. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, they had, like, a lot of stipulations, which is... I found really funny, because... You can tell this movie was, like, thrown together as quick as possible. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But to their credit, I mean, they threw this movie as quick as possible, and they gave it to... I don't know what production company they gave it to, but their set designers and costume designers deserve, like, all the praise in the world, because there's so much going on in the background of this movie that I, I noticed that I hadn't noticed before. Like, artwork was... There's there's artwork all over this movie. They've got uh, Hokkaido, which is like a very famous um, Japanese painting of like the wave crashing over a boat. You see it while uh, Ryu and Ken are fighting Vega and Sagat, which is and super cool. It is. By the way. And uh, and in Bison's room, he has a painting of like a clown wearing a bison hat, um, holding a bunch of balloons, which I hadn't noticed before. But that's actually that's actually a reference to paintings that were made by John Wayne Gacy. You know, the serial killer clown. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's a very specific reference. Yeah, I I that's never noticed that before. And I was like, I've seen that painting. Where have I seen that painting? Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, the the waterfall one is also reminding me of one of the levels in the Street Fighter, Street Fighter 2, the game. When you uh, E Honda's level, I want to say, well, at least I always pictured E Honda's level when you fight him in the arcade. Yeah, so I thought, like that, like the Hokkaido painting shows up everywhere that's like a very common painting to see it's probably like the most famous piece of japanese artwork but yeah a lot of the, the visuals in this game look or in this game a lot of the visuals in this movie look like they could be from the game directly i mean they did a, a pretty good job aside from the outfits but all the God. background stuff looks pretty good so yeah uh, fun fun fact before we get too far away from cammy real quick um <laughs> John Claude Van Damme and I forget the chick's name he plays. I don't know. Yeah, they they were both married. Saying. Yeah, they were both married at the time during this this movie, and they both they were still getting it on on the set. Yeah, nice. It just <laughs> it's even funnier because John Claude Van Damme had somebody assigned to him during this movie. That's a thing that happened. He had, I think it was was it the director who assigned a like a person to follow Jean-Claude Van Damme around and get him to stop using cocaine. <laughs> and just, like, prevent him from using cocaine. But not only did the guy fail to get him to stop using cocaine, he actually helped him get cocaine and totally ignored the fact that he was sleeping with Kylie Minogue. Wow. <laughs> it's like the worst handler in the history. Legend. Like, you have one job. Don't let him get drugs. Okay. Get drugs, sir. Yeah, <laughs> oh, the biggest God. enabler on the planet. Like, all right, you're in charge. You're the handler for John Claude Van Damme. Respect the legends. Yeah, legendary. Yeah. All right, guys. Yeah. So, what is everyone's favorite scene in a movie? Let's start with Mike. I, I, is there? Are there any? The whole, whole movie? No. Uh, the whole movie? <laughs> I'm kidding. No, that most of the movie. I did like the fight with Guile and and Bison in the end because that's all that came to mind at the moment. Uh, bit. When he, they're fighting in martial arts style or when I, he's flying at him? I liked it when he's flying and he's yeah. shooting electricity. I was just yeah. amused. I, 
I enjoyed like most of the fight scenes in the movie. I enjoyed. Uh, I'm gonna stop right there. I'm let you guys go. But yeah, I enjoyed most of this movie for some reason. Somehow. All right, makes sense. All right, Stefan, what about you? Uh, speaking of that, <laughs> Bison and Guile fight. There's a part where the camera just follows Raul Julia flying away from it on a string. <laughs> and then it cuts to him, like, flying to the middle of the room, suddenly stopping and hanging there. And then all the TVs behind him just suddenly explode for no reason. Yeah. That's because he's, is... he's got the lightning power. Because he's a god, Stefan. Exactly. He's he's a god. <laughs> I like his quote with uh, Satan, something about like... Brian killed saw... Satan as he fell from heaven. <laughs> What's that? Uh, just like lightning. From he- I love that. I love how he says that. Brian yep. held Satan as he fell from heaven. Um, but no, that was just commenting on Mike's... Uh, <laughs> what Mike said, but my favorite <laughs> scene is with uh, Zangief when the there's a truck full of explosive he- heading towards the tent they're in. <laughs> And there's a TV with oh. a camera recording it. And Zangief looks at the TV and he looks at the truck and he says, quick, change the channel. Yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's, it's so, so great. Dumb. Dumb. I love it. That's actually one of the and jokes. DJ, DJ slowly like turns around and just gives him this look like, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right, Stuart, what about you? What's your favorite scene from the movie? Oh, I mean, by far my favorite scene is um, the Chun-Li talking to to Raul Julia's bison scene because it's just like they're both fantastic actors and I mean Raul Julia's amazing actor who's just like Raul Julia used to do a uh, side note here Raul Julia used to do like low budget um films with like for like zero money he used to do it for like the minimum most minimum paycheck he could get because he just like he was just a genuinely nice dude and he just loved to like help people out <laughs> And so he would just do all these like little tiny films for like up and coming directors for free or almost for free. Oh wow! Yeah, and so I I love him as an actor. I love like his uh, Gomez and Ming Na uh, Ming Na is greatness as well. It's just like them talking to each other is so dramatic. It has so much like it has so much weight on it compared to the rest of the movie. Yeah, it, it stands out. I think especially because of all the, like the funny comedy shots, like when uh, Guile pulls out his knife and all the all the men start surrendering before he realizes that his entire force is behind him. Okay, that, yeah. that was funny. I was laughing at that, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to agree with you, Stuart. That was probably my favorite scene in the movie because it was the one scene where they didn't kind of try to, I don't want to say ruin it with comedy, but, like, it, it was, was one scene they took serious. Seriously. Yeah, it was 100% serious, and how she was going to a monologue <laughs> about how he's a coward and how he destroyed their farm and how the farmers revolted and uh, rebelled against them and drove them out. And how at the end he was like, it was just a Tuesday. It was just <laughs> the best scene in terms of writing the movie and acted by far the best. I Travis, remember, I remember was the line favorite? so clearly because it's uh, for you, the day M. Bison graced your village was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was Tuesday. Like he could not give less of a shit. Yeah, and apparently he studied like I watched a bunch of behind the scenes for this movie because of course I did. Um, and Rahulia like studied a bunch of dictators to get into character for M. Bison, and like M. Bison was based off of like Mussolini. Wow, <laughs> I, just, I just love the idea of him putting all of his research in to to deliver that one line so perfectly. That is cool, though. Oh yeah, he did that. Julio was a great actor, and 
mm-hmm. it deserves more credit. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of interesting how you put so much work into it. When most of the movie, especially to write in, didn't put that much work into it. Yeah. But, but he totally. really delivered all of his lines. Like, Oh, yeah. As, like, he gave it 110%. Yeah, definitely 110% at least. No, he did while, such a good while job. While dying of it. cancer. While yeah. dying yeah. of cancer, while what Jean-Claude Van Damme was walking around doing a bunch of cocaine. Like, yeah. Like, sleeping with his co-stars. This entire, the entire behind the scenes of this movie basically exists to make Jean-Claude Van Damme look like a massive dick. Yeah, it's pretty like much. Doing cocaine, cheating on his wife, and Raul Julia's like studying Mussolini in the corner. Yeah, he was studying it like he was studying it for like an Oscar picture or something. Yeah, because that's, like, that's kind of what he put into everything he did. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Travis, what was your favorite scene in the movie? All right, so not going to lie, my favorite scene, I forget their names already, but the two Mercy, not Mercy, con artists, where they uh, were getting Cannon. found out by uh, the kind of first villain that we meet, or that oh, the uh, guy with the eye patch. Sagat. Sagat. Sorry. So that was probably my favorite scene because it kind of starts out a bit comical. They get kidnapped or like almost imprisoned, but then they get shot at with their own weapons, which are uh, what, tennis, tennis balls. balls. It's like slapstick. It turns into like a Jackie Chan movie. Exactly. Yeah, it gets into a like a mild fight scene, and then they actually get serious, and they go into that kind of cage fight scene a little bit, which like it was almost serious, but not quite to that point. And then, of course, at the very end, John Claw and Vendon come smashing in with a tank to the wall. (laughs) It's like the biggest like it's the biggest blue balls where they build it up so much. (laughs) Tank them, APC come crashing through. All right, well that's the end of that scene. Moving on. (laughs) <laughs> exactly like i love that so much how they played it out because it was a little bit serious a little bit funny very serious and then just comical and i thought it was actually played out perfectly yeah yeah I, like i said the only the only bad part of this movie i think is john claude van damme yeah why do you find him the worst part of the movie good because he's like i don't think john claude van damme is a good actor i people there's a yeah. kind of, there's a cult appreciation for Exactly, yes. There's a cult appreciation for Jean-Claude Van Damme. And I get it. Believe me, I get it. But, like, yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger just did everything he did better while not on cocaine. <laughs> 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 and it was well, like, people for, like, like ev- there are a hundred actors like Jean-Claude Van Damme that are better actors like they might not be as good fighters but they can express and i don't think jean-claude van damme can like express emotion very well especially not on coke by the way not, not on, on, coke. on coke and like uh, it people don't help. it sounded like all of his lines were like 80 yard in as well which was weird <laughs> yeah fun fact about uh jean-claude van damme uh, most people don't know is that uh, when he was training to become a martial artist, he actually trained under Chuck Norris, and Chuck Norris basically used him as a body bag. Yeah. So <laughs> he, he literally never, just got his ass beat every day. That's also never a fact that's about him. In the Predator, he was the original the Predator yes, before they had the iconic uh, costume that is the Predator that's defined the character for many years. Originally, it was like a weird lobster creature yeah that was just like, like a, a big praying mantis yeah it was a giant like pink praying mantis <laughs> in a suit before they're like yeah that's not very intimidating at all let's get a new redesign and they brought john van Kledam, <laughs> and he was the person that was inside the suit the whole time in, in which is kind of funny because he never ended up in the movie and he ended up being a star sort of 
but originally he started off as the predator, but not actually the cool predator that we all know and love. Yeah. Well, he dropped out specifically because he wasn't going to be seen in the movie. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to do this because my face isn't going to be on it. Which I mean, that's fair for like if you know, like if you're if you want to be like a serious actor, like if you want your name out there, that's fair. But also, fuck Jean Claude Van Damme. Well, I guess yeah. if someone's paying you, someone's paying you. Like yeah. I still get your name on there. Like I was that guy, but I yeah, but like. It's even funnier to me that like, like I wish he would have done it because his biggest like competition back then was Arnold Schwarzenegger, and so the movie would have been like ninety percent Arnold Schwarzenegger's face and ten percent being unable to see Jean Claude Van Damme's face. <laughs> that would have been really funny. <laughs> That's why they didn't do it. I know he was really upset about it, or maybe he just ran out of cocaine. Who knows? He's. I I don't really I when I remember a kid I remember enjoy, liking him as an actor thought his movies were cool now as an adult I'm like no <laughs> no there's like like Heart Target and um, Universal Soldier they have like like I said they got a lot of love behind them but mm-hmm. just, Time Cop Time Cop yeah and it's just like Blood Sport I think right too Blood Sport's a big one and I like I said I get it I I enjoy his movies I definitely have I don't have that like total cult appreciation uh, appreciation for them but I love schlocky movies hence street fighter um <laughs> I, just, I don't know like his style of shock never stood out to me as like being particularly more enjoyable than other types of schlock yeah mm-hmm. I'll take that. Oh. now the question is since he was discount arnold schwarzenegger would this movie have been better or worse or the same better. if arnold schwarzenegger <laughs> was the street fighter better a hundred times better yeah i agree with that too especially since he's supposed to be played the ultra american yeah, we get a Belgian. I mean, he played. Him. He, you know what? He's. I think he's more American because he was. Uh, he was the the commando. Oh. He was commando. He was in Predator. Like, I believe Arnold Schwarzenegger as ridiculous American trooper. I don't believe Claude Van Damme is ridiculous American trooper. That's true, and he's also governor of a state in the United States, yes, so he makes it a little bit more yes. American. Listen, my thoughts. Yeah. Hey, uh, Austin, let me ask you a hypothetical also, question. He also had an affair with his wife. Yeah. Or I'll ask you and Travis, uh, would you guys have preferred Jean-Claude Van Damme as Guile or Steven Seagal? Ooh. Oh, God, they're both the worst, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, hold on, hold on. Which, air, like, so this is, we're talking specifically 1980s Steven Seagal. Yeah. Perfect. Even back then, he was so fat and lazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who now like loves the russians he was in those battleship movie things all right oh. so i'm gonna say van <laughs> damme still oh. because at least we get stories of him doing cocaine and cheating on his wife That's seagal <laughs> is not really that much better of a fighter or an actor in my opinion and i think I even at that point they were still around the same level of stardom so honestly, I'll just stay with Van Damme, honestly, I guess. I <laughs> what about you guys? Yeah. Like Jean-Claude Van Damme was at least like a really good fighter. And I know people are gonna be like, oh, Steven Seagal's a black belt, blah, blah, blah. He's not. He's a shit fighter. If you've ever watched <laughs> any any like legitimate tournament that Steven Seagal still does for some reason, it's all totally scripted where he's like he's like and like barely moving and guys are just flipping over ridiculously. Like it's all scripted crap i'm trying That's to think like true. around this time he was doing like under siege i think which i want to say is the re- the one with tommy lee jones in like the really stupid line that's like um oh man there's a really dumb line in it where he's like 
I'll kill you Tuesday or something. It's so stupid. So yeah, yeah it's already like better, a cook or something, right? In a battleship or something. He, yeah, he's like a. It's like his attempt to do a kind of like Air Force One style movie, even though Air Force One came out later. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like yeah, Gary Busey's in it, and it's just it's just so bad. It's Where so... is Gary Busey these days? That man needs to be in more movies. Uh, he's yelling at blimps, I think. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> That's I don't know if anyone's. Sense. Seen the uh, Conan O'Brien played a, a a prank on him where Conan O'Brien bought a blimp and had the blimp follow Gary Busey around, <laughs> and Gary Busey was just like slowly losing his mind. <laughs> like he'd walk out of his house and you'd see him like yelling at the blimp, like "Get the fuck out of here!" Wait, you're ah! implying that he was losing his mind like he hasn't already lost it was, his it mind. Was, Whatever marbles he had left, he would lose. <laughs> oh, since you, since you brought that up, I actually got to meet uh, Jake Busey once at a convention. Oh, really? Uh, Jake Busey yeah. seems cool to me. He, he was all right. He he seemed a little high or something, but he was friendly. I mean, we we got a, I got a picture with him. And we, as we were talking to him about God, one of his movies, I don't even remember what now, but me and Tiff are talking to him, and this right. real real hot chick walks by, and he and he just stops talking to us, looks at the hot chick like, Hi, who are you dressed up as yesterday? And she's like, just myself. He's like, that was really cool. And I'm like, oh, I guess we're done talking now. <laughs> it was fine because I got my picture with him. It was hilarious, but it was just, it just cracked me up because I just remember that. <laughs> it was just really funny. He just he I was just that. done talking to us. Just I mean, I she was shaky. Is he just being like, I forgive you this? <laughs> I mean, he went back and talked to us after he was done, but it was just it was just hilarious. I mean, I had to get to work, so I wasn't I didn't have a lot of time to sit and chit chat. But it was it was hilarious. It, it definitely was one of those memories. It's funny how much Carrie Busey is probably more known, but I think Jake Busey is such a better actor. Oh, <laughs> I, just, yeah. I love that dynamic. Like that's got to be like a tense family family Christmas. Except Gary Busey's more iconic. Let's be yeah. real. Like people know him more. He's cra- he's crazier. He's out there in the public eye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jake Busey's oh. just like stuck doing. I think he's actually in Stranger Things. I think he was just in Stranger. Yep, Things. he's in Stranger Things three. Yeah. he three. was also in that new Predator movie that no one went to. So- we all talk about we that. Went to see it. Yeah, except we went to see it. Yeah, <laughs> you shouldn't talk about it. <laughs> it's there's one scene we hadn't mentioned yet in this movie that cracked me up, is why I also think it's a comedy. There's a scene where E. Honda and Zangief are fighting, and they turn on the TV, <laughs> one of the camera guys, and they're fighting on the model of where Bison wants to make a, mall, a shopping mall, it looked like, or something. Yeah, and he they wants have, to make, like, the Bison, like the yeah. Bison's door center, the shopping and center. And they're playing Godzilla sounds as the two are fighting, and they're just, they just look at each other like, what the hell is going on here? And I was cracking up so hard during that scene. I was that just was like, ah, They play like... They play like the Godzilla like noise, and then they also play like the a little sting from the theme song of Godzilla. <laughs> I mean, this movie was just—I mean, anytime Van Damme was on the screen, I'm like, okay, let's get this over with, just get them done and keep going. And then it just gets reason, funny. For some reason, they're being filmed in slow motion too. <laughs> and they're going through walls and. Oh god, it's just so stupid, but it's hilarious. And then, and then their fight. Do you know how their fight ends? Do you remember how their fight ends? Don't say. Oh, he runs out of time. He's like, I get, yeah. I'm done playing. I gotta go. He yeah. Honda. No, I don't. I don't know if anybody contacts him or like says anything to him. At some point, he just looks at Zangief and he's like, "Time to go." And he ducks, and Zangief goes to punch him and turns around, and Honda's just gone. <laughs> like. <laughs> 600 pound Honda just like pulled some ninja shit and disappeared. Well, it's because Chun Li is telling them they got to go. The building's yeah. blowing up and they're in some like temple. Oh, <laughs> it's, just, it's so stupid, but it's hilarious. Like, 
love the idea of him ducking and Zangief literally losing him. Just be like, ah, ah, where'd he go? Where'd the big man go? Doesn't he yeah. teleport a couple minutes later and then is holding up that door to let all the... Yep, he runs over. There's a lot of teleporting going on in this movie. There's a point... lot of dumb shit in this movie. Like, the part where they're all handcuffed to the bar... And then oh, yeah. as soon as everybody breaks it, okay, let's break this hand bar. I mean, you freaking have all these people who already proved how strong they are. Like, oh, I guess we'll break it now. We, the movie, the plot is further enough now. We can break this and keep going. Like, I'm like, why would you shoot these guys? You wouldn't handcuff them to a pole. But only a... one arm is handcuffed a... to a pole, too. Not both, just one hand. Just one hand. And there's so, a sequence so... where uh, Guile is single-handedly fighting, like, all of Bison's troops with a handgun. He runs out of ammo with a handgun. It cuts away, and when it cuts back, he suddenly has, like, an MP5. And it cuts away again, it cuts back, and he's got, like, an assault rifle. But it doesn't show how he's getting these things. It's just, like, upgrading. They need, like, a little scene where it's, like, a little level up appears above his head where it's, like, like high score, kill streak, and he pulls out an M16. <laughs> It's just, I just, over my, just also, 90% of them never ran out of ammo, as we in most no. action movies. No, <laughs> to the point that Tammy and uh, T-Hawk are, like, they're holding off the other half of Bison's troops outside for some reason. Like, yep, they're preventing yeah. them from leaving the base, even though that Which would help no all of them. And <laughs> it shows them, like, they start shooting at Bison's troops and cuts away, and then it cuts away for, like, a while. Like, it's, like, I don't know, in terms of the movie, it's probably, like, a couple minutes, but in terms of the actual, like, watching it, it's, like, a 20-minute cutaway, and it cuts back, and they're still there with their handguns, <laughs> and there's, like, bodies everywhere, and bison suits are still coming out. Like, How much ammo did you bring? I mean, they're also, it's, like, magically appearing out of their ass, and they just keep yeah. pulling out and fucking oh. shooting. <laughs> Another part that was just freaking hilarious, and I, and I was looking at my wife. I'm like, "Why the hell are they doing this?" Okay, so when they put the they put the stealth on their boat, the boat goes stealth, and then they start shooting the radar towers. Like, oh, they can't yeah. see oh, us. Yeah, this yeah. won't get their attention. <laughs> I'm like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> uh, and they're like, "Something's wrong with our radar." Dumbest looking boat ever. Oh god! And then when it when it zooms in on the camera, you can't see the boat. You just see the water. And like, what's happening? I want to be yeah. like, come on, guys. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out there's a boat there. They show like, you, like, when the boat goes stealth and they show you the boat driving, it's just like a kind of, it's like, like Predators came out, but even worse, where you can definitely still see the boat. It's, it's just terrible. a little wave. But on M. Bison's camera, it's completely gone. But it's like, wouldn't he at least be seeing all the bullets flying out of it? Because it's just been shooting nonstop for like the 10 I mean, minute drive. Like, so, like, what's the point of stealth? You're just going to shoot towers, alert the guy, hey, you can't see us, but guess what? We're going to pull everything up. You'll know we're here. Like, they only shoot one tower to mic, and then they just proceed there. to shoot down the beachhead, which explodes for some reason. <laughs> It's an old action movie. Everything explodes. You just got to expect that. Oh, and it's like power or a modern day Michael like Bay sparks movie. and shit. It's the shit yeah. sand, and the yeah. sand is exploding with sparks. It's like what is happening? I mean, this is all the final action movie, which I I thought when he gets when they finally get to the temple and you get through that part, that movie just becomes just becomes so fun to watch. It's so stupid, but it's just oh, yeah. they, they stop caring about story. They're like here. Have some action scenes, have some stupidity. We'll get rid of Van Damme for most of this part. Have fun. Yeah. It turns into like a stage play. It turns into like a, a funny theater production. It is great. Like when Ryu and Ken get their outfits, they're, they yeah. they put them in the outfits of the of the soldiers, and they just happen to be wearing red and white 
And, it, and I, I was like, ah! So was like, they put them in red and white geese, even though nobody else is wearing red and white geese. Except like, the people in this room. Yeah, it's, it's like the they're training in this room. They never get, like, actual uniforms. And they even... <laughs> They, my favorite part of that is they give them the uniforms, and Zangief is holding their clothes confused, like confusedly, and turns around and just throws them a giant M Bison trash chute. And he's like, "Ah, no more, no more need for those. You'll never change clothes again. <laughs> You'll never You've gone Dragon Ball. <laughs> why, Stefan? Why? Guys, remember when uh, when Honda picked up Zangief and slammed him to the ground so hard that they both fell through the floor? That was <laughs> uh, that was a thick <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys. <laughs> it's great alright what is everyone's alright we talked about favorite scenes <laughs> now let's talk about let's not say our least favorite scenes let's say what was the dumbest scene because dumb in this movie could be completely oh, enjoyable as well so there's so much. many but what was the one scene that was so dumb you were like okay this is fucking great I love this alright Mike, what was your favorite dumb yeah, scene for this movie? We haven't mentioned it yet, but I wanted to bring it up, and this gives me the opportunity. When Dalsim, the actor, is in the in the in the genetic room with the guy that they make Blanca, uh, there's a scene where the guy's looking at a magazine, and it's supposed to be like a porno magazine in Russian or something. <laughs> I think it was, and I was just, I was like, he, he's looking at the magazine. Dalsim sneaking over to mess with things. Go, he's looking at, you know, it was just so stupid. Uh, that's not the dumbest scene. But that's the one that came to my mind at the moment. Oh, and the guy who played Dulcim, I didn't realize this at first. He's also in Indiana Jones Temple to Doom, by the way. Yes, that's where I recognize. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. I, I was that was driving me insane. I was like trying. I was I was like I'm gonna look it up because his I, face is so yeah, Seth. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. That that made me smile to see the fact that someone from a my least one of my least favorite Indiana Jones movies in a in this in this movie, but still. <laughs> this game is or this game. I can keep on the game. It works. This movie has the. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and jump in because I also want to talk about how Dalsim has his origin story in this movie. That was the dumbest scene that made me laugh, where Dalsim gets like a bunch of comically dangerous chemicals poured all of them. They're like giant uh, IV bags, but they say like toxic, never use. It's like, <laughs> right on them. Even have those then. T virus, incredibly dangerous. Yeah, it's like even dumber than the Z virus. Like T virus is like this will kill everybody. Let's put it in this glass container. This is like plastic, big giant bags that are specifically IVs that say never put in a human being. <laughs> and he gets those poured all over him. And when we see him later, he's like bald and his clothes have burnt off. Yeah. And like his his neck chain, and it's like okay, I guess that's all seem. <laughs> Stefan, what was, was so your stupid. favorite dumb scene from this movie? Uh, my favorite dumb scene is uh, that scene where uh, Bison's so damn sure of himself that he's going to win the war. Oh, <laughs> he yeah. gives Sagat or Sagat a briefcase full of Bison money. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and he says he says it'll be worth five times more than the English pound after we kidnap the queen or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just look at him like, like, ugh, okay. <laughs> sure. It's not worth anything. Everybody looks right. so dumbfounded by Raul Julia every time he says something. I'm like, did they know, or is this like a legitimate reaction to his acting? <laughs> My favorite thoughts from the movie is speaking of General Bison. In the beginning of the movie, when they're like, yo, you're the bad guy, he's like, no, I'm the good guy. What are you talking about? 
<laughs> and he starts to talk about how he's a good guy. And I was like, okay, I can get behind this. A bad guy, he thinks he's a good guy. That's that's a pretty good way to write a villain. That's good. <laughs> and he starts going to how he's going to like, how he's he's trying to like save everyone, but he's also going to take over the world, kidnap the queen. and just Great super soldiers. Great super soldiers. And then at the end, they're just like clapping for him. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. To that stop was, the ally tyranny. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> there's it's a scene that, that I, that is probably the dumbest scene, but I wanted to mention it. That just cracked me up. So when they have the part where they they capture the hostages, they capture the soldiers, and they're breaking the guys' necks, and then and then Van Dam is like, "Charlie, we'll rescue you. Stay safe." Yeah. And just grabs the guys like, "Oh, you're Charlie. Let's go mutate him." I'm like, "Why the hell would you be like? <laughs> you're my friend. Be safe. We're coming for you. Like, let's put a big target." You're the right only on you. hostage I care about. Don't die. <laughs> you're the only one that can be used as a bargaining chip. Bison's <laughs> like, interesting. <laughs> Oh god, it was so stupid. Don't tell them we're located at these coordinates. <laughs> so oh, there's one part like when they um, said when they said the radar part, like the radar's jammed. I was just waiting for somebody to say strawberry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what were you gonna say, Stefan? I had to get that joke in there. Uh, fun fact about when um Charlie's turning into Blanca, because this movie is rated PG or PG thirteen. Which it should not and, be. Yeah, and the in the videos when they're showing him in his eyes, which you can actually see on the screen, they're actually showing a real live Vietnam murder, yeah. like footage of <laughs> a real all, murder. All the footage they're showing him is uh, it's the same. It's like um, I think Fifth Element does the same thing where they just pull out like random stock footage. But yeah, it's, it's all like super horrific real stock footage. <laughs> yeah, like a guy being shot, and they show like like hit, my favorite is like. They have like Hitler talking or something, and then it cuts to like like the footage to make him a good guy, and it's Martin Luther King talking. Yeah, <laughs> it's, so, it's so dumb. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's like it's, the Clockwork Orange when they're torturing him with like, look at all these footage, except in a really dumb Street Fighter movie. I was like, what the fuck is this? All right, Stuart, what was your favorite dumb scene from this movie? Uh, I think I said it right. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, you did. All right, Travis, you got to wrap it's up. So much I've got more. I can say oh, more. My favorite dumb scene. Okay, that is going to be when the two con artists walk back into the tent after getting kidnapped, and everybody's pointing <laughs> guns at each other. Yeah. And they walk dead into the wilderness without realizing a fucking thing. And then they look around and see everyone pointing guns at him. And then they somehow get kidnapped by both the other teams. <laughs> so just everything about this movie is so stupid, but it's, it's hilarious. It's a comedy shot. Followed by a great like comedic bit where they're like, "All right, like let's do this. You know what to do." And they both turn around. They're like, "Gentlemen, why are we fighting?" <laughs> they both immediately get kidnapped again. Yeah, so, it's I mean, so that was dumb. My, probably my favorite dumbest part. But I think honestly, like that's all I could really laugh at was the stupidity of this movie. I couldn't laugh at the jokes. I don't think I couldn't laugh at the script. I had to laugh at the pure stupidity of this movie yeah i laughed at a couple of the jokes because some of the comedy shots i think were really well done like like that part where they walk in i think that's a really funny scene and yeah jean-claude van damme pulling out the knife is obviously really funny yeah that, that was funny this part where uh they send a guy from not the un the an the allied nations yeah <laughs> um he's like they send this weasley dude who plays like the weasley dude in everything he's in uh to be like we've decided to negotiate with terrorists <laughs> and that's like that's like his entire role. And uh, he's flying back on the helicopter talking to some prime minister. It's like, no, Mr. Minister, I'm sorry. It's, uh, uh, no, I promise you, the entire military is still in the base. And it just immediately hard cuts to the base. And it's like, 
one chef in the middle of an empty field just like making dinner for everybody looking around <laughs> that was funny too oh there's just so many dumb scenes in this movie yeah God, I, it makes it kind of good though i would say it did. i would say not dumb cheesy like okay the most cheesy. extreme cheese yeah it was kind of dumb it was also pretty dumb (laughs) now my question for you guys is using the same script maybe the same actors could this movie have worked would have worked better or worse if it was filmed instead in the 2000s oh god no no yeah (sighs) no no way in hell early 90s like low budget i mean this this movie made money Oh yeah, that low budget schlock to throw it in there, and people will enjoy it. If this was like a two thousands movie, it would have CGI all over the place, and it would just yeah. Be shit. yeah. Oh, there's one other stupid scene I I wanted to mention. Uh, when you have Balrog in the after they get free and they're kill, they're beating everybody up inside the fort, and he's a boxer, he puts on freaking boxing yeah. gloves while he's, <laughs> he's fighting people. I'm like, what he's the hell are you doing? A full <laughs> boxing outfit. He's got like yeah. boxing shorts and a tank top on. And finds and boxing gloves. He didn't have that on when he's captured. All of a sudden, he's like, oh, let's get. In our, they all start getting in their outfits so they can do that final scene at the end of the movie. Well, they all start getting in their outfits except for Cammy, who starts getting out of hers. But that's that's correct. That's how it should be. Cammy was like, for no reason. Cammy was like, like in the middle of this major battle, was like, better take my shirt off. Oh, uh, I didn't realize. I mean, I that's I didn't even know who she was. I was watching this with with my, with my wife, and she's like, that's Kylie Minogue. I'm like, who? What? Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're playing a song, and I'm like, oh, I know this. <laughs> yeah, so suddenly Kylie Minogue is in this movie for some reason. Yeah, I, did not, I did not know that until, until I mean, I haven't seen this movie in years, so, but that, that was funny. Maybe, you guys she was having, <laughs> maybe she was having an affair with Jean-Claude Van Damme beforehand, and that was like one of the stipulations, <laughs> was we need, a, we need an excuse to be away from our respective significant others. Sweet. Let's just make this movie together. <laughs> oh, I think. Are you got I think we anything last things you guys want to say about this movie before we move on to Shelfer Box? Uh we okay, cover so both scenes. You, you guys remember the Street Fighter the movie game? Oh god, we haven't mentioned that yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they actually the all the actors were contracted to like do a little cameo in the game, like where they would like at the menu screen, it would show them just standing there doing something. And I think it was Grand Bush who played Balrog. I think he came in. And he was like, hey, where's my check for this? And they were like, well, it's right here. And they gave it to him. And then he just never came back. He just <laughs> did. <laughs> I love that. He just left. Thanks, guys. So he's, yeah, he's the he's... only one in that game, I think, that doesn't have a cameo. Like, somebody had to fill in for him. <laughs> I, I was going to play it for this show, but I just couldn't get myself to walk to. I played it as a kid. It's just a bad Street Fighter clone. Of, it's, it's but I love the name. It's Street Fighter the mo- the movie, the game, based on Street Fighter 2, the game. Something yeah. like that. Really stupid. It's as ridiculous as, like, um, what is it? It's, it's the Lego movie, the movie, the game. I think it's the name <laughs> of the official Lego movie game. Yeah. The Lego movie, the game. <laughs> the Lego movie, the movie, the game, I think is the full title of it. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> it's something really confusing. Oh, God, this movie. All right, you guys, any last words? Uh, I think it's time for the rating scale. Uh, I mean, do we talk about how this almost got a sequel? Did it, it really? It all, yeah. It, how? Yep. Jean-Claude Van Damme was really pushing for a sequel. Of course uh, he was. He needed more coke to do. I think he was actually, like, I think Jean-Claude Van Damme was, like, 
partially writing it. Like, he, he really was pushing for it to be made. Oh, God, it would have been even worse then. Um, <laughs> or it would have been better. Well, no. I'll say... Uh, I'm say it would have been better. Th- yeah. This is around the same... So this is... He was trying to get a bunch of people that he worked on Universal Soldier with uh, to be in it, including Dolph, Dolph Lundgren. Uh, oh who knows God. who Dolph Lundgren would have played? Um, I think uh, Holly Valance. Like, there was a bunch of people he wanted to be in it. <laughs> and, um, like, supposedly uh, Ryu and Ken like, were going to come back and play the same people. But I think just a bunch of the people in this movie were like, we're never doing that shit again. And dropped out, and it never got made. And sadly, when they did um, the 2009 Street Fighter movie, which is also bad, and it was even worse, I think, the Street Fighter The Legend of Chun-Li, they were trying to get John claude Van Damme to play a little cameo role in that as well. But he turned them down. Oh, right, because so he stopped doing cocaine. Yes. <laughs> it's weird that Kyle was the main character in this, this movie, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. he was. Just because, yeah, Van Damme. I think it's all. Yeah, that's the only reason why. I'm still not sure. I really am not. He wasn't even in it for that much of the movie, actually. Also, I think I saw the villain more than I saw him. Yeah, Yeah. honestly. Well, that's that's because Raul Julia. Yeah, Raul Julia. They were like, we got Raul Julia. We're going to shoot him, goddammit. We're going (laughs) to put him in as much of this movie as we can. Even when he dies, he's going to come back to life like two times. (laughs) And he delivered. We didn't even talk about that dumb scene when his suit brings him back to life. That was a great scene. I don't know what you mean. Dumb, like, (laughs) great. It's so dumb, but it's so great. Well, that wasn't dumb. That was spectacular. Like, his suit. His suit. Like, animates and actually, like, (laughs) it's a great, it's great practical effects because they just. I guess they just put like a balloon inside of his outfit and we're like blowing it up and deflating it. And so it starts giving him CPR. <laughs> and, and adrenaline. It, like, shocks him and adrenaline. And yet, like, this is all while Guile is talking about how he just like he he won and it's the end of the movie and everyone's fine now. And in the background, constantly behind him, you see a computer that's like administering CPR, administering adrenaline, administering electric shock. He <laughs> <laughs> just cuts so stupid. Like, and Bison being brought back to life, and Giles just stupidly going like, yep, Giles dead, I killed him, oh boy, he sure is dead, yeah, he's not coming back to life, I better not turn around and look at him, he's so dead. <laughs> and then he stands up and he's like, I'm a god! Alright, um, Austin, do you want to take away the, and start the our rating for this episode? Oh, this oh, movie? okay, sure. Uh, so we're using <laughs> your guys' rating, which is, we're putting that shit on the shelf, or putting that shit in the box. If we want to kick that box into the garage or down the staircase to the trash. We also just kick it in the river. Or <laughs> kick it in the river. <laughs> or no, you're putting it on the shelf know. with the rest of the good shit. All For right. don't know, the shelf is like, putting something in the box doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. This isn't necessarily the best project to bring this up on. But putting it in the box doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. It just means I would no, not... Yeah, it, you only put something on the shelf if it's something that you say like I would identify myself with this product. Like I, like for me, I love I bring up Dragon Ball every episode. I would put Dragon Ball on my shelf. It's a big part of like what I do. Dragon Ball. Dragon going on Ball, my the show or the movie or what? Uh, Dragon Ball Z. Ooh, okay. Show. I'm in a class in culture. <laughs> I see. I think I think <laughs> that's the the single constant in every single episode. Is, yeah. Have we? Yeah, yeah, you guys love throw in that Dragon Ball. Was episode one, um, did we have Bulby doing the intro for that? Yes. For, so Bulby and Dragon Ball are the only two constants for the show. Yes. Because we've forgotten to do C-Facts one time. We've forgotten many times. Like we've this forgotten many times. 
So <laughs> it's not a constant, and it didn't start to episode eight with Banjo. Yeah. So so we've got Dragon Ball and uh, Dragon Ball and Baldi. Those are the constants. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna go first with uh, Shelfer with Shelfer Box. I'm gonna put this on the shelf. And when I first started watching the movie, I did not think, I'm like, oh, this is going to be bad. I'm not going to like this. When I found myself laughing, when I found myself excited to go home to watch the second half of this movie, I'm like, what, 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 what's happening here? Uh, and I, I really enjoyed it. Like, I laughed a lot at the cheesy stupidity of this movie, and I didn't care. Like, it, it, as bad as it can be, and is, it's not a good movie, but it's a humorous, cheesy, funny movie that I don't think was meant to be as much of a comedy as it is. But, oh, God, it's hilarious. It's just so stupid. So it's definitely going on the shelf. All right, Stuart, what about you? A hundred percent going on my shelf. I <laughs> love this movie. It's like, like I said, it's schlocky and cheesy and bad and dumb, but in the best ways where they went for it. They went for this story. They got like a pretty fantastic cast together with Kylie Minogue and Julia and all of the like, I mean, there's like, they got pretty much every Street Fighter character in there played by a pretty decent actor, or at least an actor that was like, if they weren't good, then they were just going to give it the most extreme caricature, which was great. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's just like there's a bunch of weird, bad decisions that were made. Like the fact that all the soldiers, almost all their dialogue is 80 yard in for some reason. I don't know why. Um, for those who don't know, ADR is like, when you uh when you dub audio back into a movie later so mm -hmm. it's like somebody like um like when you think of like all the translated movies that come over from like it's like all, all the old kung fu movies where they come over they had to dub over the language that was kind of adr so for whatever reason all the soldiers have adr dialogue jean-claude van damme has adr dialogue at points which is really odd um it's just, just like you couldn't understand him yeah you couldn't understand him because he was always drunk and high on cocaine cocaine <laughs> So you got you got a main actor who's drunk and high all the time, which is already makes for a great movie. You had Raul Julia also makes for a great movie. All these wacky characters, all these wacky comedy shots that I think are put together pretty good. Like cinematography is pretty pretty decent. Uh, set design is fantastic. I mean, there's just a million little details in the background that make it all come together, and it's all colorful and wacky. And I love it. I love it. It's going on my shelf. It's schlocky. Right, what about you? <laughs> Now tell everybody how bad it is. <laughs> uh, I never cared for Street Fighter. Uh, I don't care for this movie. <laughs> I, I, hate, I don't like the Street Fighter games. I love this movie. Yeah, if, if I, I think this, I don't even know. I can only imagine if like somebody who had no idea what Street Fighter was, the game, just going into the theater and watching this movie, just like, what the hell is going on? I have no idea what's going on. And I, I feel like I was that person, even though I know I knew what Street Fighter was. Like, what the <laughs> hell is going on? Don't worry, what this is this? Um, well, the idea of someone yeah. seeing this movie and deciding to never play video games because of it. <laughs> is this what video games are like? Yeah. Yeah, gross. Um, but yeah, I'd put it in the box and put it in a van down by the river and forget <laughs> about it because... Uh, yeah, it's just bad. I don't. I don't ever want to watch it again. Uh, I'll go watch something else that's bad, like Double Dragon. That's next month. <laughs> Get to watch that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> watch them both back to back and compare and contrast. I'm putting this yeah. in the box, but <laughs> in the two categories that I either have to put on the shelf or put in the box, I'm not putting it in the box. I've been kicking it down the stairs. 
I'm gonna lightly toss it down the stairs instead. <laughs> There's a lot. I like it. We have shelf and box in the show, but multiple times we've like created new categories where it's like, like I think at one point we were like, we're just gonna lean it on the shelf. Yeah. That was you, but we never written down any of this stuff. Like, and I have yet to go back and sit there and actually listen to every little ending, and so it's just lost in our history now. Mike, at some point you said like you were gonna put something in the box, but you'd leave the box open. I think. So you Did I say it. that? I, mean, I, I know you were DJ. I can't remember anymore. I'm gonna put one it in the day box, I, but I'll leave the box open so I can still see it. One day I really well, should make an Excel file. But using <laughs> the Trash Talk podcast rating of bad, okay, good, great, or Kino, I'm gonna say this is a strong or okay. Which I thought going into this movie, this would be a bad or at the best a weak okay. But I'm gonna actually say this was a strong okay for me. Like you guys said. Evo, the script was kind of dumb. There's a lot of stuff in this movie that's dumb. It's kind of fun in that way. And for me, the first half of this movie was very hard to get through. But that second half, especially that last act of the movie when they go to the yep. temple and they start fighting, Evo, it's kind of dumb. And like you said, if someone who didn't know anything about video games saw it would be like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I was like, you know what? This is kind of fun. It's like dumb, but it's kind of fun. So overall... I'm going to say it's going to the box, but I'm going to lightly toss it down the stairs before it eventually <laughs> breaks the bottom. And for using our rating, I'm going to say it's a strong okay. Travis, talk to us about your rating using, I guess, both our ratings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, starting off with what, put it in the box or put it on the shelf. I'm going to put this in the box, kick it down the oh. stairs, and for good oh, measure, no. kick it into the room. <laughs> <laughs> I think you hated us more than Stefan did. I didn't know that was possible. I still don't know if that's the most aggressive boxing we've had. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm very sorry, but as I said earlier, the only points I could genuinely laugh at this movie were the really, really stupid parts. I couldn't laugh at what I thought was going to be funny because it just, they didn't pull it off for me. And even though I will admit I did like a lot of the costume designs and some of the dialogue, I guess, was okay. I don't know, all around. I thought it was terrible. And one of my biggest disappointments, no fucking street fights whatsoever. <laughs> the anyway. We were oh. talking about, so we, with uh, Stuart, we reviewed uh, Tomb Raider, which is another video yep. game movie or a movie that's an adaptation of a video game. So talk to us about the similarity between the two going into watching oh, this. Okay, so going into watching this, I think what I said at the Tomb Raider one was I thought it was a really good movie, but it wasn't a good video game movie. Or a good Tomb Raider movie. Yeah, or a good Tomb Raider movie, because mainly it didn't follow the, the first uh, Tomb Raider video game very well. Or not the very first one, but the one of the more recent ones. So this one, I was kind of expecting the opposite. I was thinking it was going to be a very good video game movie, but not a very good movie. And it wasn't either. <laughs> no, I, I I purposely picked something for us all to do that was not either on purpose. There are yeah. a few good ones. I made sure to pick one that is not either. <laughs> My sure we, we, only listen, we only watch crap. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what I was expecting, kind of. I was expecting to be one or the other. I was expecting to be either a good movie or a good video game movie, not just bad in general. <laughs> I, I, wanted, I wanted to break your heart. Well, fair enough. I watch a lot of bad movies. Our rating from bad, good, or bad, bad okay. okay, good, great, great. Kino. I'm going to give this a bad as well. Ooh, wee. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, uh, and to answer your other question, uh, Stuart, no, the most aggressive boxing we had was when we when we did Fallout, I deleted the game as we were recording because I <laughs> yeah, fucking right. hated that game. That was the most aggressive. I thought so you waited to record to delete it. <laughs> 
I did. I'm <laughs> I think you finished it like the day before. <laughs> like, no, I'm gonna hold on to it. Fucking hate that game. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> you didn't bring up the fact that this has like a uh, uh, an Adrian Cronauer type radio announcer in it that's constantly talking throughout the the movie. The uh, Adrian Cronauer was the soldier that was like um, dramatized in Good Morning Vietnam, the Robin Williams movie, where he like you hear him, you'll hear him throughout the movie. He's like, "Good morning, Shadaloo." <laughs> I never, I never caught that. I mean, I think I started to hear that in the end of the credits, but I just turned off the movie immediately after it ended. I had to get yeah, he talks throughout movie. the credits, which is, which is great. And he also, uh, another little funny bit that I loved in the movie was when Guile is mowing down the Bison Troopers. The little like radio announcement comes on that's been going throughout the movie, where it's like, um, it's a woman over the intercom going, "Remember, employees are responsible for their own health care plans," and it just shows all these soldiers getting absolutely destroyed. Again, you are responsible for your own healthcare plan. Da, 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 da. That's, that is kind of funny. All right, I think we should start wrapping this episode up. And first, if you're listening to this on the Trash Talk feed, I hope you will subscribe to the games my mom and take a listen to some other shows. And Austin? And if you're on our channel, you should definitely check out Games My Mom Found. Or wait, or did I mess it up? <laughs> yeah, you, I blame the I alcohol. It up. All right, you did. Yeah, That's it's what the I... alcohol. These Moscow mules are doing a number on me, boys. All right. I'll take All right. Oh, no, no, no. I got this. I got this. I got this. So if you're listening on Trash Talk Podcast, these guys have a great podcast about games. We cover games. So go check them out. And if you're listening in on Games My Mom Found, we cover games. We do a game of the week on every episode, as oh, well as covering uh, where we ever, we uh, do co- uh, comics, movies, TV shows, and other shit. So uh, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher at Trash Talk Podcast. <laughs> and, and we're listening to us on Trash, on trash Talk. Let's do it. You know, tried to give my mom, however the hell we're supposed to word this. Uh, if you're listening to us, I gave my mom found our intro was brought to Bulby, a.k.a. Mike Stoney. Receive me, bite the bullet. The song is cool, Kid Squad. Oh, God. Uh, if you're listening and trash and uh, Austin, do you guys have uh, anything you have to give credit for your intro music? Well, we uh, do have a guy, and I don't know his name, but you know, he made a good song. Uh, edit in, edit in later. Yeah, uh, edit in later in post, guys. So, you know, he's a good chef. Just say, okay, that will go right here, and then edit it there, and then well, I'm not gonna edit it. And cut back to me saying this after you do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good guy, if he's listening, well, I'm sorry. I'll cover you next time, buddy. <laughs> Too much alcohol. Yes. <laughs> All right. We want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, this was our first combo episode of Trash Talk and Games My Mom Found. If you're still somehow listening to us, you can find both of our episodes. There will be links in the show notes for either one of our shows, respectively, for the other show. And I want to thank everyone for listening. You guys have a wonderful night, everybody. Uh, Yay. Go watch City Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Hilton.